0: welcome to the season of soul podcast my name is dora vandekamp and i am a spiritual ecotherapy coach and manifestation expert are you ready for infinite abundance ultimate wellness and pure bliss i am and i know many of you are too we are truly in the season of the soul being called on to evolve expand and awaken I am so honored to be able to share with you incredible wisdom from some of the most revolutionary teachers, gurus, and coaches. Each show contains powerful knowledge about inner and outer transformation. And now, let's go to the show. Hi, beautiful souls. Welcome to a new episode of Season of Soul. This episode is so powerful. I am honestly so honored to be able to bring it to you. Today's guest is Jennifer Pereira. She is the founder of the Bloom Institute and she believes self-worth is a vital component of our inner healing. Her incredible work with the sacred plant medicine psilocybin reflects her mission as she compassionately holds space for women in their emergence. transformation. And Jennifer is a curandera and she includes minimizing cultural appropriations and respecting ancestral lineages in her work. In this episode, she discusses how we can all put these principles into our daily lives and how we can truly find ourselves on the path to self-liberation and collective healing. Now, some of you may be resistant to the topic of this episode, but I urge you to take a listen. And then for those of you who are curious about microdosing or a deeper spiritual experience or even just the possibility of exploring plant medicine, this episode is full of powerful information and authentic insight. So please make sure to share this episode with someone you love who may find this to be exactly what they have been searching for. All right, everyone, let's go to the show. Hi, Jennifer, how are you today? Hi, Dora, doing great. Good, it's so nice to have you. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I wanna dive right in because we have so much information to cover. So you work with magic mushrooms as a form of plant medicine. So let's get into why mushrooms? How are mushrooms this powerful form of plant medicine?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are really powerful. Well, mushrooms contain uh, an active ingredient called psilocybin. And psilocybin um, is an active component that creates a psychoactive reaction in our brain when it's it's ingested. So it is um, a form of plant that's out there in nature. I I like to call them little avatars that have been placed for us to find and goodies that are out there. Uh, It just has a way of working with the body's composition. I think a lot of our audience will be familiar with CBD and CBD oil so it it is you know a lot like hemp where you're ingesting it and it is helping the body to rewire and heal naturally. It takes us into different states of altered consciousness where we can do exploring of our internal landscape but it's really the active component so there are particular uh, strains of mushrooms that have this we just call it an active component, basically, you know, so it's the psilocybin is what makes them magical.
0: Amazing. So
1: what do people come to you to address or heal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things. And the The healing potential of the mushrooms is really limitless, but in particular, the the women that I'm working with, what we're specializing in is women's self-worth. I find that this is the crux and the root, you know, the pain of their original separation Mm -hmm. is the root of what a lot of people are experiencing in terms of actual physical illness or not reaching their potential in life. Um, They may approach me because they're experiencing symptoms of anxiety. They may be having uh, depression. Uh, sexual issues, relationships that aren't satisfying. So all of these little manifestations in their real life of just things not going their way. Um, but what I've seen time and time again, the patterns with the mushrooms is that it really is a self-worth wound that we need to work through.
0: Wow. And so how does this relate to trauma? Cause I'm sure people come to you um, with issues of trauma as well. Is there a link between the self-worth and the trauma? Do you see that?
1: Yeah. I mean, Absolutely right I guess it depends on the scale and the spectrum that you fall in in terms of belief we're, we're examining a lot of this now inside psychotherapy fields like that connection of the mind the body the the emotional the spiritual um you know there is a train of thought that that um illness is something that is a manifestation and i think there is some truth to that at the same time i want to you know allow people to to be in their own power and recognize that we do live in a very grand universe and certain things are out of our control mm-hmm. and they're happening you know to us and through us um but absolutely of course there are things that um our traumas that are brought on ancestrally through our families, through our relationships Mm -hmm. and uh, our bodies producing chemicals in response to that, you know, especially for women, cortisol and adrenaline, very, very harmful and toxic to our bodies Mm -hmm. and can cause illness.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so with that self-worth piece, how does mushrooms help address the self-worth part? Mhm.
1: Yeah, it's it's actually a very beautiful process because you're taken so deep within, you really can explore yourself from outside of yourself. I kind of like to say it's like the 10,000 foot view because your thought process and like the way that you can explore your inner landscape is so gentle and so beautiful. And it just takes you right where you need to go. It's like the medicine is very benevolent. Mm -hmm. It really knows. And it just shows you whatever blocks that you have stories that you're carrying, you know, so we can really get to the root symptom of what's going on for you Mm -hmm. and the story that you've created around your unworthiness based on the evidence that you've collected in your real life of people treating you a certain way or relationships going a certain way. And, you know, we start to build up this story that, you know, clearly I'm no good or these things wouldn't happen, which is not true at all. Um, But it's just the exploration that's possible when, when you're in this state, that's just so loving and looking at yourself in a loving way for some people, maybe even for the first time seeing themselves as important uh, it's a, it's a really special, sweet process.
0: Yeah. It sounds so amazing. It's so cool that that feeling of love is one of the components of the healing. Cause that's really such a big part of healing, right? It's just being able to look at yourself through the eyes of love. And, and so it's really neat that this medicine helps you do that. Um, so- Why do you create uh, a program that has integration support? Why is that something that's essential?
1: Hmm. Yeah, great question. Um, You know, integration and even that word integration, people ask me what is integration? And it's, it's the process of integrating what you've seen inside the journey and your newfound learnings into your real life. So creating a plan or reviewing things in a way once we're back into a grounded state that can help you make lasting change. Because inside your journey, you may sometimes see things or have an understanding that's very spiritual or ineffable, we're not sure how to translate that into everyday life, into your corporate career, into your family, into your relationships. And so integration is the process of making meaning of what you saw, understanding yourself, really painting a new picture of possibility and grounding that into reality. So it could be things like making nutritional improvements, an exercise Mm -hmm. plan, um, translating your dreams, doing some journaling into what you've made things previously mean and now newfound understandings that you have. So it's how are we gonna make changes with the information we received and ensure that the medicine helps you in a lasting way. Mm So um, the reason that I offer support and build a program that includes integration is that I think that this is really where the work is. I sometimes say, and people will wonder what this means, it's like ceremony is every day after the ceremony, because you're coming out of it really understanding how important you are, how needed you are in the ecosystem, um the law of reciprocity you really have a greater understanding of what manifestation is not just in the like spiritual woo woo way it's like making things real on the physical plane through your thoughts your words your energy and so integration is the culmination of all that how are we now upgrading your possibility in a real and tangible way the other thing i want to spend a bit of time on this if you don't mind because integration is such an important part of this process is You know, we're undertaking a process that's quite serious. You know, entering an altered state of consciousness is quite serious. And while plant medicine is for anyone, it's not for everyone. So we want to make sure that you have a very grounded and safe sense of self to return to inside that process. So I'd like to touch on the preparation, you know, later as a part of our conversation. But the integration is really the key To making sure that you're safe and supported in what you saw because it can be jarring to fly through different realms it can be jarring to look at your trauma in such a detached way it can be jarring to have childhood memories or traumas come up in this type of state and so we want to make sure that you've really created a container of safety for yourself for your psyche for your body so the integration is really this landing spot it's like Yes, there is work to be done, and you now have this this beautiful magnification of the self and who, the truth of who you really are to work with. And so, having so, the proper support um, through the community, through your integration provider, is is the key. The integration is the key.
0: Wow, that's it's so powerful too. Because it, I love that you touched on that. That it is, it's a serious endeavor right to decide to take this journey and and really open yourself up to what you may experience and what you may see and and know right become aware of and i i think in our culture we are very much we love a lot of excess right in our culture and so i think there is some of that where people do practice plant medicine, but they aren't necessarily um, armed with the tools to integrate. And uh, and so it can become traumatic. It can also just not be very um, transformational because you have this experience and then you go back into your daily life and you're busy and you're doing your thing. And so you're not actually able to really put that into practice. So I do think that's such an an amazing and powerful thing that you're able to support people with because it is integral, I think, in in this practice of of healing and transforming for sure.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate the the perspective that you've put on that in, in such an easy to understand way for for our audience and those that are consuming you know today's information is that this is why it's important to really go in and view it as a program and as an endeavor and ensure that proper preparation has been undertaken you know who is it that's guiding me through this experience how many experiences have they had with this plant Um, what's their relationship with the plant what's their understanding of how to determine if this is suitable for me What's their understanding of how to hold space on that day and really keep me safe regardless of what comes up because really anything can happen. Mm -hmm. And how will they be able to help me assemble all the pieces once I come out of it? So yeah, it is an endeavor. It definitely is an endeavor. Um, There's a lot of spiritual seeking that's happening. There's a lot of of misappropriation with sacred plants that's occurring. Um, I really take a lot of care and measure to ensure that we've worked together to ensure this is the best and most suitable option for this person Mm -hmm. in lieu of other options. Um, Yeah, but it's not something to be taken lightly. It's not something to be taken lightly. And And it's allowed to be joyful. It's allowed to be expansive. It's allowed to be transformative and playful and fun. Uh, It just depends on your readiness to examine yourself in that way.
0: I love that you said that. And I think knowing that it's different for everyone is so important to consider, right? Because we all have different intentions and we all have different desires and we all have different experiences. So we all bring something different to the table. So yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Um, can you talk a little bit about micro dosing? Because I know that that's something that people are becoming more aware of as well. And if, is that something you offer in your program as well?
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. I do consultations for people that are interested in undertaking a microdosing protocol. So we call it a protocol because you're typically uh, creating a program for yourself where you're doing this, you know, for 30 days, 60 days or 90 days, however long it is. And there's some best practices that you want to follow. There's some tracking that you want to be doing to ensure um, your wellness and that things are working out for you. But basically microdosing is taking medicinal mushrooms or psychoactive mushrooms in what we call a micro dose. So this is a a teeny tiny dose that is subperceptible. It is working with the subconscious and you should be able to function consciously in your day, go to work, drive a car, interact, you know, with people in the world without really feeling that it's there.
0: Mm. So
1: how much how I talked about CBD and using hemp oils, it'd be similar to that. Like if you if you can feel the mushrooms if you're having any type of psychoactive reaction you're probably on a dose that's too high so the microdose is really working with the system and with the brain to do rewiring in your conscious state and it's a the micro meaning like a very minute amount Um, I do offer consultations for this to help people, you know, find their dose, set up some self ceremony, learn how to create really effective intentions, and do some tracking along the way and check in how things are going, if there's any adjustments to be made, or if emotional states or trauma is coming up during that they know that there's a check in with someone that understands this process, that we can have a discussion while things are ongoing you know every two weeks or so that we're having a conversation so that they have that that safe outlet or that we can discuss what some outlets might be mm-hmm. but microdosing is becoming really really popular yeah
0: it's so interesting and i actually didn't know that when you microdose you don't feel any any real effects of it mm-hmm. um I, I thought maybe you would have like a little bit of a i don't know a, a physical feeling or response so it's very interesting that it really is focused on working with the subconscious and the conscious mind um and then do you when people come to you do they come to you with kind of a specific intention and then that's when you tell them well this would be the right program for you or perhaps microdosing might be better is that how you determine that
1: absolutely i mean every woman is experiencing a unique lens of life based on their stories and their family, what they're coming to the table with ancestrally, where they're experiencing what we call little T trauma versus big T trauma, which is the the spectrums of trauma. Some individuals don't feel that they've been traumatized at all, but they just aren't at their peak performance or levels of vitality, so they want to explore what else is possible. I typically tend to reserve in-person ceremony or doing the really deep dive for those that feel prepared, that have researched it, that they really want to explore themselves in kind of that deeper way. Whereas a microdosing protocol could be for people that have done it or haven't, Um, but it's a lot of times it's people that are looking to replace conventional medicines. They may be on anxiety medications, depression medications, or they're looking to up their performance, their vitality, and they just wanna use something that's more natural and do healing in like a really subtle, slow, intentional way. So this is why it's important to speak with a professional first, get some perspective to help you determine what's right for you. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You can be doing um, journeying or very deep dive hero's journeys in in in-person ceremonies and then do a microdosing protocol after to supplement it as part of your integration. Many times that's the case. Or you'll have working professionals that just want to do microdosing for the many reasons that they come to the table with.
0: I love that. And so one of the things that you are really emphasize is authentic exploration. Um, So you really want to empower conscious women of all backgrounds. Can you elaborate a little bit on that and, and what authentic exploration is?
1: Hmm. Yeah. I think that it's like, you know, removing so much of our programming. And really, you know, it's funny we said, you know, in your program, do you do this and do that? And I'm actually very resistant to the word program. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's offerings, but um my mission here and what I'm here to do is to deprogram people, mm-hmm. societal programming, cultural programming, relational programming, um, so that they can operate inside what they think is the world or their view of the world in a way that's really sovereign and true to them. So I don't want to band aid. Issues or symptoms, you know. I think we're doing enough of that with with medications and with programs in the coaching world and the self help world. Um, with comparison on Instagram, there's there's tons of band aids that we've got out there yeah. already, you know, and masking. And so it's like when we remove all these masks, all of the masks, when we get to the inner child, when we get even deeper, when we get to the soul, when we get to the original light of who you are and your purpose and just being and moving through the world in a way that's authentic for you. And then exploring from that place. And for many people, they don't know themselves that way. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it's a very privileged position to even have the time, you know, money, space to do that kind of navel gazing. And so we want to acknowledge our privilege in doing that. Um, you know, and the funny paradox about privilege is that it's a shame to not use it, right? We've, when we've been empowered with privilege, we want to use it uh, in ways that are effective. Yeah. And what I find with this authentic exploration is that almost, you know, 100% of the time, that the understanding of self and how you fit into the ecosystem is so great and is so beautiful once you've gone to the dark places, because it is a lot of shadow work. It's a lot of deep diving. Mm -hmm. You really get how it's all about service to others. Mm -hmm. It's all about service to others. It's all about relating. It's all about giving back. And when you're in this continual loop of giving back, you are constantly receiving. And so your output and your light and the light that you're shining in the world is suddenly becomes like the priority, your self-care and like ultimate levels of self-care become your full-time job. And so I want to remove any other programming that says that there's a priority that's greater than that and, and program computer chip women of today with that. It's like you are your priority. The light that you're shining is your priority because that's where vitality, possibility, improved relationships, more money is on the other side of that. It's on the other side of your self-worth. And so anything, that's making you feel less than has got to go like it just doesn't have a place like we need more empowered women now than ever than ever of every race of every shape of every background like this is this is the time this is the time
0: oh man and when you say you know we, we, we talk about programs and then you talk about women who prioritize self-care I mean we are so programmed as women to put everything else before self-care. We are constantly helping others to feel comfortable and to feel safe and loved and, and uh, taken care of. And that's part of our ancestral uh, experience. And so really changing that program is it's, it's very powerful that you're doing that work because it's so important and, and being able to fill our own, cup, right? And then being able to shine that light and and overflow that cup Mm for
1: others. So, yes. And it's difficult, right? You you have to have light to give. And when our light has been dimmed for so long, you're really reaching into some deep places to find it again, Mm -hmm. find it again. And so, as I said, I think that we need to acknowledge our privilege in doing this work Mm -hmm. and to acknowledge um, that it's not accessible to everyone. I think these are really things, important things to address and that we need to be aware of. And that ultimately all of this work, every time that you do healing, you're up-leveling the collective consciousness, every single person. And it's like, until we're all healed, none of us are healed. And so healing is never really done. It's not a process that reaches levels of completion. It's more the peace that you can feel within and that when you are you know in triggering situations or having completed your cycle of trauma that you can bounce back quicker that you can reach your center quicker because then everyone around you is uplifted by your being but this talk of you know upleveling the collective consciousness and what i mean by that is The knowing and understanding and the the collective mind of every being, you know, every soul, every animal, every plant, the water, the humans, everything, not just on earth, but beyond like galactically, we have a collective mind, Mm -hmm. because the, the system is all interwoven, everything's connected on a universal level, and when we feel very strong emotions, we're creating an electrical impulse and creating a mark in the time-space continuum, which therefore it knows that we exist. So that feedback that we're providing continually, our emotions are the guide. So every healed person or person that takes on their healing is actually doing it for every being, for every being. And so, so much of this work um, and the way that I, take the view on this is that it's about collective liberation like ultimately we're healing for every being and collective liberation is the point and that's the point of the privilege as well, is that to uplift others so that on a soul level, those that don't even have access to first world amenities can can feel that there's relief and hope for the future, because on some level they can know and just have where does hope come from right it's that the evolutionary process is continually up-leveling, that conditions are improving for, even for those that aren't regularly able to access it.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to touch on that a little more because you're really dedicated to minimizing cultural appropriations and also respecting lineages and traditions. And that's something you really incorporate into your work. So can you talk a little bit about
1: that as well? Yeah, I mean this is such a it's a loaded gun and we can go many many directions with it. Um you know, I'll just start with the environment itself and stewardship of our of our earth and water, plants, trees, animals, all of that. That anytime that we are traveling or entering ecosystems outside of our own, outside of our local footprint, that we need to recognize that we're leaving a footprint elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so we are harnessing and using for our own consumption resources that are typically reserved for others and that's fine I'm not saying not to go but it's just like with that intention of by consuming this how will I be giving back that and always being very aware of our consumption so you know getting on an airplane is a very privileged position and there's a co2 (laughs) output that's that's That is part of that, right? And and having the privilege and financial resources. Every time a financial transaction is undertaken and you swipe a card to go on the spiritual tourism, you know, there's electricity and other resources that are garnered for mm-hmm. every transaction. And we do transactions so mindlessly. Mm-hmm but don't realize the enormous CO2 output that electrical systems, um, technological systems, banking systems are using. So our privilege even in making the arrangements to go, you haven't even touched soil yet, you've already depleted and used resources simply by having the idea and making the preparation. Mm -hmm. And then when you land there, it's like, okay, how is this retreat or space or place set up Um, how are the people that are giving the offering being benefited is this a retreat center that's operated by a a western or north american person that's somehow benefiting are they employing traditional curanderos or ayahuascaros or medicine keepers what's the relationship that's there Um, is it something that seems mutually beneficial so all of this is like considerations outside of the self and really being intentional about why am I seeking to do this there? And is it necessary? Is there something that's available within my own ecological footprint? So that's kind of like, and I could say more, but it's like, that's like one little sliver of it. Then another component would be, why am I spiritually seeking at that depth? Is it necessary? Do I need immersion, at that level. Is it safe for me to go, are these people, is my understanding of like the language, language barriers, I'll use the Amazon as as an example. Like people that live in the Amazon are living in a very beautifully interconnected way with the environment. They have lots of space to think and be and breathe in a different way. And the integration process that they'll experience when they're there is so much more spacious. And that's a regular way of life for them. And we need to think and be very conscious of when we're immersing ourselves in those environments for short periods of time, is it helpful or is it harmful for them and for ourselves that we'll then be returning to our regular rat race world here. And so is it a true reflection of all of the healing that's possible for for all of the parties? Lastly, I wanna say that um, there's no hierarchy in doing healing. You're not more or less than any other spiritual seeker or healed person. If you have situations that are extreme. And I think there's this, we need to be really careful of extremes in this world because ultimately our body is our vessel. It's our, it's our conduit. And so we need to ask ourselves, do I need to push myself to, view my trauma in a way that, that could potentially be violating, that could potentially be difficult, and is that the only way to take this view? people that are in these countries, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, ancestrally, they've been digesting these medicines for thousands of years in those particular ways. And so we want to start slowly to calibrate our body to that level of experience versus just this looks cool. Someone I know had a great experience. I've had this traumatic thing happen to me. I'm going down to Peru and I know that that's going to fix me. It's not. It's really damaging to ourselves. And to the environment there to think that this is a band-aid it's not it's something that's really culturally has a lot of respect that's attached to it um such a cultural beauty that's attached to it. Are you going to be attached to that country after? Do you have interest in being immersed in the culture? Will you be giving back in some way? Are you bringing those teachings to your country and to your community? So these are really, really things that we wanna explore. I know I've been going on about this for a while but I'm extremely passionate about it. I think that the the intention of, of why, why that medicine and why that way is really important to look at before we even begin. And people may find that it's exactly what they need at exactly the right time. They found the exact medicine keeper and they should go. It'll probably be, you know, one of those most transformative, beautiful ways of exploring themselves that they'll ever experience. And it's just being really careful and saying, is it necessary? And how will I give be giving back after I undertake this?
0: Oh, so amazing and so beautiful. I, I'm so glad that you spent time on that because, it's so essential that the thoughtfulness and the intention and and really asking yourself why I mean, I think we don't do that enough in our daily lives. Right. Why am I doing this? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I thinking this thought? Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm so glad that you touched on that. And and I think it is important, especially as we look at our current world and, and the way the environment is treated and and um, we don't get an opportunity as much in our daily lives to interact with the environment, right? And these indigenous um, people, they really do interact on a daily basis with the environment. So they have a very close relationship with it. And it's very symbiotic. And we also have a symbiotic relationship with nature, but we don't really interact with it, right? We go to the grocery store to get our food and Um, we, we, yeah, we just aren't in nature as often. So I think it's, it's powerful and I'm glad you talked about that as well. Do you think that the stigma around mushrooms is changing, uh, in the culture that we currently live in?
1: I do think so, actually, 100%. I think so, which is why I've been more public about the work that I'm doing, you know, at great risk to myself, which is how much I believe in it, really. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a proponent of natural medicines and a proponent for every being, but for women especially, to have the freedom to explore their bodies and their consciousness in any way that they see fit. And that's why I work with women because we've been so stripped of that right. Um, in so many different ways that are violating. So yes, I do think the stigma is um, definitely dropping. We have a long way to go. We're still many years off from legalization, but it is becoming a more mainstream conversation and that really, really leaves me extremely hopeful. Um, I do actually want to touch, now that we're talking about stigma, I do want to touch on why I work with mushrooms specifically, just because we're coming off like that cultural appropriation piece and stigma here, Um, just to give our our audience some background on the mushroom and why. Mm -hmm. I mean, mushrooms are a medicine that are available globally, it can be found on pretty much every continent, And there's no one right or wrong way to do mushrooms. And this Mm -hmm. is why I've chosen this medicine. And actually the medicine chooses you. The mushrooms are absolutely uh, consuming you, much like the air is breathing you. Mm -hmm. Um, So they definitely, they find you. And the fact that it's available globally, I think is a very beautiful thing. Um, The accessibility of it. But also the fact that this is the least on scales of harm, there are harm scales that many research institutes have compiled for us to understand the use of medicines and their benefits that mushrooms are the least harmful substance on the planet and the least addictive. So the fact that that gentleness and level of safety is a part of the nature and the biology of the mycelium the mycelial network that mushrooms, the fungus of mushrooms are part of. Um, I think is something really important for us to recognize and that they are here to support us mm-hmm. evolutionary on the evolutionary scale the universe has created this little uh, easter egg or avatar as I found it to help us they're good for our bodies on on every level there are of course people that should take great care to uh, work with the practitioner to understand if it's not right for them right now we're really looking at bipolar and those that Um, are experiencing symptoms of schizophrenia, if you're on particular medications, it may not be the route for you. Mm -hmm. But in general, the average person in average circumstances across the globe can access it and do so with very little harm, Mm -hmm. very little harm. And so I think it's more important than ever for women such as you and I that are corporate and conscious and, and interacting inside cities and inside ecosystems to be having this conversation and present these alternatives because there are gentle ways to explore our body and our consciousness and it takes us to drop that stigma so this is a really key conversation to be having
0: yes yes I'm so I'm so glad especially you, you just embody that energy so beautifully and come across so uh just it makes it feel like a loving medicine, like it's not harmful. It's not scary. It's just a loving medicine that is really good to heal and, and help empower you to evolve. So it's beautiful.
1: And it's not, that's not to say like, I want to be very, very clear and not paint a picture that's all warm and fuzzy and glowy. And I am definitely not a love and light healer. I don't don't believe in that. I think we're missing like a whole side of of our body and our consciousness when we um, profess or proclaim those types of things Mm -hmm. that I'm not saying that your experience may not be difficult or that it may not be dark or that it may not be challenging or that it may not hurt. It's very likely that it actually will, Mm -hmm. but it's done in a way that you're always held safe. You know that you're only a few hours of coming out of the other side of it and that your understanding of yourself is with so much love that no matter what, the undertaking will be worth it for you.
0: <laughs> yes. yes, and um, I think Rumi said that the wound is where the light enters you, right? And so, yes. Thank you. Um, yes. and, it, and that's the love part, right? That's the, the beautiful part. It, love and light is beautiful too, but the work and the experiences that transform us are usually those experiences where the shadow work comes in and where we get to really see with clear eyes, um, what, what we want to transform and and what we need to work on to do that. So I I think it's amazing.
1: And, And in touching on that, you know, a lot of people are asking me, I want to do what you do how do I, how do I do it? And it's such a loaded, you know, it's such a loaded, not just a question, but an undertaking to even begin to address with people that feel some type of readiness to guide others. Um, I have been in the, in the personal development world, basically, and undertaking my own work since 2013. And so I'm going on seven, eight years of really deep exploration of my own healing and my own psyche. And I only came out with the fact that I was even helping others with this in a really tangible way a couple of years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so that's something that I would like to add as um, not, a, not a caution at all, because this is safe to explore, but it's the very real reality that holding someone's psyche in your hands and having someone's soul naked on the floor with you is Mm -hmm. a very big responsibility. um, And it's not something to be taken lightly. So you want to check in, is this person trauma-informed? Do they even know what trauma-informed is? Mm -hmm. Are they aware of cultural appropriation? Because that is going to come up inside the journey. It's how plants work. Mm Are they aware to minimize microaggressions, racial tension? um, Any kind of topic can come up inside a journey. So it's like, what's their preparation and their knowledge of how to address those things as you're moving through your own work? So there's a lot that's there before someone um, should really even explore the idea of being a guide and i kind of have like um i look at maslow's hierarchy a lot of times and i've developed as i'm working towards developing like possible possible certification or working with women to prepare their readiness for doing this kind of work um, i've taken maslow's hierarchy of like the five needs and broken it down into like looking at um you know just levels of reaching your own um you know, the top of that triangle and the top of that hierarchy being like your own self-expression of your soul's purpose, basically, right? Your self-actualization in Maslow's terms is how they put it, but it's like, what is your level of self-worth first and foremost, which is like basic survival needs and then self-love and how are you radiating that and then helping others and then guiding others and then helping others to guide others. Wow! So it's like, Trip sitting is a thing and helping friends is a thing and keeping them safe is a thing. But being a teacher or a conduit or a guide is something else. And then assisting others to assist others at that level is a whole other, other undertaking. So it's just, there's a lot to consider when you're either going for your own experience or wanting to enter this field. And it's not even really a field people call this, you know, it's a business or it seems like there's a market for it. I really like have resistance yeah. to that. It's, this is healing and it, it will not, you know, psychedelics by their very nature, are anti-institution. So the fact that we try to institutionalize this Whoa. to me is hilarious. Like it's just never gonna happen. Um, I'm working with organizations to see the legalization occur and make sure that can be done as safely and as accessible as possible. At the same time, you know, do I think the clinical model is the only way? No, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'd like to normalize that—that that working with a healer is a normal and natural option, and that healing is a regular thing in our society. And so, all of these things, right? It's like you, the started with the question: Is the stigma dropping? And I know I'm going like really around
0: here, oh, no, good.
1: but this is all part of that stigma, right? It's yeah. like even visiting a healer. There's a stigma to visit a healer. There's this is stigma around um, seeing a psychic. There's a stigma around receiving advice from oracles. There's a stigma around having an Akashic record reading and healing.
0: Yeah.
1: I do all of these things. I do all of these things. I provide counsel to very high level tech entrepreneurs, health and wellness entrepreneurs, all with oracle channeled guidance. And they're making strides in their businesses and their personal lives, making very real money based on it's not even advice. It's like literal information from source that's coming through for their benefit. Because the minute that you set the intention that this work or your exploration in the Akashic records in all fields and planes and times of realities of consciousness is for the collective liberation, that information opens up to you and it's available. Mm -hmm. Medical care system isn't talking about that at all. We're not talking about healing. We're not talking about going to see the witch doctor in your village. But this is how we've healed for centuries. We need to normalize it. We're missing out on so much information. Yes. Missing out on data that's accessible to us and is our birthright because it's accessible through us. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it is us. It is us. It's all natural. Amen
0: to that. So beautiful. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just so grateful. I. I would love it if it was normalized. I think Mm. that would be such an amazing gift for our human collective and then everybody and every being uh, that benefits from that. Um, The last question uh, I wanted to ask you is, tell me a little bit about the importance of ceremony in this practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to interpret what ceremony is and it's different for every single person i especially have men ask me what what do you mean by ceremony what makes this ceremonial Mm -hmm. and so aside from any um, definition from the dictionary i think that making something ceremonial is making it special and sacred for yourself in whatever that means for you for most people that means slowing down taking time out Doing the navel gazing, you know, and really being intentional and careful and loving towards the self. So it's creating an environment that you wouldn't really typically allow yourself to be in, and also giving yourself permission to be in that space to say, I matter. This day matters. My exploration matters. My trauma matters. I'm ready to meet myself and my stories with full presence. That's ceremony, that's ceremony. And I also want to clarify why I present myself as a curandera, which a curandera is a folk healer versus a shaman. You know, and shamans are people that have trained or adopted a lineage and use shamanistic tools. So an example of a tool that we might be familiar with is a rattle or a drum. And we use these tools to enter altered states of consciousness or to help us stay in them um ultimately this these are all props and gifts they're all gifts but they and they're props so um they themselves are not spirituality they are not what make the experience or the day or the knowing ceremonial because then we're advocating our power to something outside of us so they're beautiful and if you feel called to it i'm very much um In favor of exploring in whatever way feels right for you, but we shouldn't confuse ceremony as anything outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. ceremony is the sacredness that we are applying to our worth and exploring in whatever way feels right for us. Mm -hmm. To me, the importance of that is the permission and the allowance that women typically don't give themselves in their day to day and so it's like will I allow myself to be important today. Will I allow myself to express in whatever way? Will I primal scream if I have to? Will I not repress it? Will I cry? Will I laugh? Will I stretch? Will I dance? Will I give permission to tell myself the ugly things that I typically don't want to hear? Will I tell the story that's hurting me and my body? Will I feel my grandmother's pain, my great grandmother's pain? Will I tell it out loud? So the collective consciousness, my guide Jennifer or other guide can hear it from the ears of the universe, can see it with the eyes of the universe, can feel it with their heart. No, you know, ceremonies is allowing yourself to be witnessed, allowing yourself to be with full presence, seen, heard, felt, known, grounded in the presence of others. That's ceremony, that's ceremony. And, and doing that, it's 2020 at the time of this recording, that's so lost in our culture. That's so lost, but it's it's who we really are. It's how we always healed around the fire or at your grandmother's table, sipping a cup of tea, speaking with your elders, talking with your family. Even in times of war, women would sit at the table and solve problems, make money, raise children while the men were away. need to rely on your sisters, that's ceremony. Allowing that you're worthy of asking for help, giving yourself permission to reach out, that's ceremony. That's ceremony. Thanks, Dora.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I have three very fun little questions for you. Okay. Um,
1: (laughs) We'll zip through these. I promise those were the longest. We'll just play. Oh my gosh. Let's just play.
0: I just, I I can just meditate on what you just said for hours. That was so profound. Um, So the first question is what nourishes
1: your soul? me yes you oh, beautiful thank you for caring my loved ones nourish my soul mm. yeah I spent a lot of time you know chasing the corporate rat race and climbing all these ladders and you know leading volunteer organizations and collecting symbols of status buying purses handbags houses cars all the things you know and my own health crisis and very debilitating debilitating anxiety helped me to prioritize and assess that my loved ones are basically everything because without my life being witnessed, did it even happen?
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, happen? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. What is your wish for the coming year?
1: Wow, beautiful. That in whatever measure possible, and I don't know how we can measure it, that that collective consciousness and the collective liberation moves forward. You know, in being that time is a construct and we're inside this 3D reality, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is happening, COVID-19 is ravaging our world, and this underlying fear is running rampant. And so for people to really move past the fear programming and for the collective to up-level in whatever way it needs to through each and every individual whatever mm. that looks like for them. Mm. Like, I know that we're all really, really scared right now. You're allowed to laugh. Don't feel guilty for having fun. Maybe it's not affecting you in any way. Great. You don't need to feel bad. It's okay to have positions of privilege. Just remember to reach your hand back and help out your fellow brothers and sisters every now and again. Mm. You know, so it's like just up-leveling however that you can.
0: Mm. Yeah. I love that. I think it kind of answers the last question, which is, what can people do to create a more beautiful world?
1: Wow. I want to um, defer back to that ceremonial piece. So I think it's giving yourself permission and allowing yourself to be happy. So much of it is just that we're standing in our own way. Mm-hmm. And when we're in our own light, you know, all of our healing and everything that we undertake for ourselves does impact everyone around us. So if you want to change the world, change yourself. Mm -hmm. If you want to heal others, heal yourself, right? It's like, it doesn't have to be this big transformational action. You don't have to go and join coalitions. If you're called to, and if you're that level, please do it. Like the world needs you in your service now more than ever. And at the same time, I think that this, comparison that we see on instagram social media that people are doing so much more than us that they look so much better than us that they have access to resources that are so much more than us just being happy with yourself just being content and whatever it takes for you to get there just reach out allow give yourself permission give yourself permission to shine your light
0: so beautiful thank you jennifer It's so lovely to have you and I'm so excited to share this with the world. Your message is so powerful and profound. So thank you for sharing it today.
1: Thank you. I also just want to close out and saying, you know, recognize my enormous privilege in having access to these conversations. Thank you so much for giving this work a platform. I'm coming to you from Vancouver, Canada. This is unceded territory. We have great respect. I have great respect, I know that you do, for our Indigenous brothers and sisters that are willingly or unwillingly uh, allowing this work to take place here, allowing us to settle and to have these conversations and you know, being part of this ecosystem. I just wanna recognize that I am Canadian and, and where this broadcast is coming from and, and the important work um, that we're doing in having this conversation and, and wanting to make things better for everyone. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Jennifer.